and welcome to the second Literacy in the Early Years podcast. I'm Vanessa Demetrius and I am the Peter 2 Targeted Programs Advisor. And joining me today is Janice Gorey. Hi, Janice. Hi, Vanessa. Hello, listeners. I'm the P2 Officer based in Moree. And today in the second podcast, we're going to be looking at literacy as we come into the school setting. So the last podcast, we looked at the child and being able to tune into the child and capturing a holistic view of the child in terms of all the things that the child's been involved in, in their their world, so their family and their community and how language has grown and developed. So today now we're going to look at language as we enter the school setting and see the path that the school setting takes and the demands that the school setting will make on a child's oral language. What do you you want to expand on that? Yeah, I think um, for us in schools, it's interesting to consider what um, children bring with them in terms of, like we said, um, that we covered last time, um, how they've been shaped in um, their oral language, how they even listen um, to um, commands and and listen and respond to um, conversation. But today we're really going to dig deep into the role of the teacher and considering how us as teachers can model, scaffold and support the development of the oral language um, in our students in schools, especially as you were saying, Janice, with the demands of the school language and academic language and how that's different to the oral language that students um, bring with them to schools. Um, I'd like to actually um, discuss here and, and bring to the forefront of what the early years learning framework says is, is our role as educators and that we are meant to be responsive to all the children's strengths, abilities and interests and value what they build and value and build on the children's strengths, skills and knowledge to ensure their motivation and engagement in learning. So I think that's really nice to have at the forefront to consider this is what we need to do as educators and, and as teachers in schools. So building on from there, I'm just questioning myself what does this mean for us in terms of oral language and you understanding your role as an educator in school in terms of understanding talk, um, the role of talk in um, what you plan for in your classroom as formal and informal interactions that occur throughout your day? And I could just add there too, Vanessa, we need to be guided by the syllabus in the school, don't we? And what are the demands of the syllabus? So that's a part of our role as a teacher too. And so when I checked the English syllabus, in the early stages, it's all about the informal talk. But later on by stage four, it's all about um, the talk of a scientist or a musician or an artist and the way they talk and for the purpose of their talk. So now you can see we're getting into the more academic language. So they're going to be quite significant demands on the young child, isn't it, as they develop through their schooling? That's it. And it's um, the role of the educator, obviously, to take the child on the journey and be able to make those developmental steps to get to that point because it does get quite complex, doesn't it, in Mm. terms of then being able to use this different vocab as well to be able to speak like a scientist or to speak like a, a musician. 
I'm thinking about the needs of our students. So we've got EALD students, we have verbal and nonverbal. And I think the role of a teacher in um, understanding the needs of these students to help us to understand, but to help these students to develop and to make that progression throughout um, the stages of learning as well. That's interesting because many of the scaffolds that teachers will put in to support those children are really, really helpful for all children. That's a really important point to think about, isn't it? Mm. Um, All the diversity you have in your class. Absolutely. So it's diversity we've been able to also consider as a teacher how you can help and support that diversity. So thinking about got a couple of points here I'm considering and and you know this is great as a educator we're always considering aren't we how we can help and support students moving ahead and how our role as a teacher is to actually model with our own verbal interactions you know that idea of having that intentional talk and facilitative talk as we're having activities in the classroom um, whether we're formally or informally interacting And then, um, as we were just saying there too, so considering our role as the teacher as the model, but also understanding the talk and the demands of talk um, within our classroom environment. So I think at this point it'd be nice to consider um, taking an audit of the current classroom practices. What are your thoughts on that, Janice, and how we could go about that? Well, the thing isn't that a really useful reflective tool for the teachers or educators to use to just think about who does all the talking in the classroom. You know, what opportunities are there for the children to engage in authentic conversations with their peers? And what is the purpose of the talk? Because the talk of a child at the block corner will be different from the talk of a child out in, in the garden looking at bugs. So we've got, you know, the purposes of talk and what the talk's about, but also then the roles and relationships. So who's the child talking to? Is it a peer? Is it a familiar adult? Is it the principal? The different purposes that we have for speaking and the different relationships we have with the audience, these are all crucial things. The children have to learn as they develop this academic language for school. And I think that you've just hit the nail on the head. They have to learn um, the academic language, but it needs to be adapted within the classroom and planned for in ways that it's easy for students to take that language on to in, in meaningful ways. So I've been recently looking at the book, The Oral Language Book by Sheena Cameron and Louise Dempsey, where they explore um, oral language and the development of, and they actually talk about three types of talk in the classroom, which I think is interesting to think about as educators. That we can explore language in in different contexts, different ways. So the three types they've got are exploratory talk, presentational talk, and conversational talk. I think they provide teachers a good framework that will help them navigate the complexities of language, I think, 
And I think um, it'd be nice to actually delve into what we, we're talking about when um, we're saying exploratory and presentational and conversational talk. So Sheena Cameron and Louise Dempsey talk about exploratory talk, which is um, understanding and developing ideas, um, that idea of activating thinking, um, the deeper thinking and use of open as well as closed questions, which I know we went into um, in our last podcast as well, and how we can use um, language to explore, I guess is another way of saying yeah. exploratory talk. Then we have the presentational, where this is not just about presenting news to the classroom or presenting a talk, but it's the idea of sharing information with others in terms of a presentational style of the way that we use language. And then there's also the conversational. We're referring to there the building of relationships and the conversations and the language that are used between peer-to-peer -peer and in our circumstance with um, peer-to-teacher as well. Because that last one's a really interesting one because for young children who have come into kindergarten, many of them haven't been in such a large group before. So now they're in a large group with one teacher and, and talking about getting the attention of the that adult and knowing how to get the attention, when to get the attention, what the language is around, you know, working in groups and the language of collaboration. That's a really important part of navigating the school, the school, the way school is, isn't it? And we don't often think about that, but that's a really important um, part of that that conversational talk. And I think yeah, that's really interesting that that's been added to those three areas. Yeah, that is very important. Uh, I reflect on my own teaching and, you know, probably when I was a beginning teacher and I don't know if I necessarily um, understood that aspect that students would be coming to school, especially kindergarten, with their own shaped ways of interacting at home, that they needed to learn how to then interact with teachers with a different form of language um, to what they were used to having in their own home environment. So I, I, I like that aspect there too, that they've added that in. Will we move on, Vanessa, now I'm thinking about that, that language-rich classroom? Yeah, I think um, it's quite interesting with those three aspects, so the exploratory, the presentational and the conversational, that they all need to come into place in a language-rich environment and we need to think of how we can extend and support models, scaffold um, within those um, three spaces as well. So I was, was sort of thinking at that point there about um, delving into the aspect of the, the three areas that they talk about in terms of the understanding, the information, the digging deeper and the new understanding that we're getting within the different spaces within our classroom as well. So along the way of using the three different types of talk, thinking about within our planning and learning experiences that we're going and covering as a teacher the understanding of the information, that we're making the connections with the information and digging deeper and that we've got the new understanding within the teaching of a really language-rich environment where we're um, reading over six books a day with our students, that we're having those lovely interactions with students, that we're considering using closed and open questions but having 
meaningful conversations, thinking about the quality of talk as much as the quantity of talk as well. That's right. And added to that, it's across all key learning areas, isn't it? So it's mind-boggling, isn't it? It's, It's very, very complex. It is. It is. There's so much to be covered, isn't yes. there? Like, so exploring even a little bit further um, how we can do this as a, a teacher in the classroom and, you know, we sort of touched on that it needs to be planned for and, you know, with a good understanding of the strengths and the skills that our students bring. We also, I think, need to contemplate how we can explicitly do this along the side of having that dialogical teaching, you know, that idea of having that ongoing talk where we have the turn taking, but the role of the teacher within that turn taking, being able to support and facilitate ideas and develop and build on ideas. What are your thoughts on that, Janice? And I think think pair share is a good strategy to move away from the monologue in in the teacher child teacher child so that we have children in pairs or in triads or in fours and they have the opportunity to talk and discuss and Mm. engage with other ideas and so that then allows for more opportunities to talk and also then opportunities to dig deeper and we know that talk is really important for developing thinking isn't it so that we need children to be talking about topics because that helps wire the brain. It's about a way of learning, learning more. I'm also thinking about how I used to teach um, talking um, in the classroom and especially thinking having the syllabus and you know, I'm ticking boxes, I'm going through talking and listening and um, I always thought that giving news was the way to to cover the talking and listening aspects within the curriculum. But reflecting on what um, even I've read with um, Cameron and Dempsey, it really is almost like I thought it was presentational but it's really a child just in a monologue and it's not as meaningful as what you'd hope you'd be getting from having these lovely conversations um, in the classroom where we have interactions and and not just stage interactions like we had with news it's you know that stop at the end now who's got three questions (laughs) Um, it's a matter of having more informal interactions to help um, develop that oral language um, experience and I guess to help students to improve in their oral language interactions with students too. So always considering, you know, about getting the quality and quantity in there of oral language um, interactions to develop it, but along the lines of also considering the purpose and the audience for um, when we're talking. Uh, yeah, I was going, just to adding to that, Vanessa, I mean, maybe news might be um, a short unit of work when you are talking about audience and purpose and and bringing children to understand that the talk, um, who is their audience and what is the purpose of the talk and discussing that in relation to news, but it might only be short because you'll move on to something else around audience and purpose. And then and it, then it's beyond that. It is that the topic comes in. So, you know, you might be going into maths or science or and, and then your relationships with your audience that you have so sometimes it's an informal therefore your language choice is different but if it's a very formal setting then your language choice is different again 
Yeah, so that's a really valid point that, you know, just thinking about maybe news in a different way, that's all. Yes. But also bringing it into that audit of who does all the talking and are the children learning about talking in terms of audience and purpose mm. and listening too because there's a lot of listening going on. So reflecting on today's chat, I'm wondering how you will prompt and guide your students when talking and being active in the spaces in your classroom or how you will organise your classroom in ways to support your students in order to deepen their thinking as well as to collaborate with others. So thinking about the aspects of incorporating dialogic talk as well as explicit teaching. I was thinking about reflecting on the quote from Erin Reid and Julie Baxter where they say oral language lays the foundation for the reading and writing skills children develop as they enter and they progress through school, that they will use this oral language in all aspects in their education um, in a way to connect with others and have that solid foundation in oral language that will help them to become successful readers and strong communicators and build their confidence and overall sense of well-being because we know that that is our aim of teaching is to help students to develop their sense of identity as well as become functioning citizens in um, society which is part of our strategic plan. And I think that encapsulates it all doesn't it? The importance of oral language. So we hope you've got something to take away. Think about those reflective questions and think about what you might do differently in your class. Thanks, Vanessa. Great. Thank you, Janice. Great.